name is Matt O'Neill, and across from me on Zoom is Dr. Aaron Hodson. Hi, Matt. Hi, Aaron. How you doing? Doing okay. The heat index is getting to me a bit. Yeah? It's a little bit sticky out. Does it make you grumpy? Uh, my attitude is like somewhere between OMG and WTF, so <laughs> you figure it out. <laughs> Hashtag honesty. <laughs> Oh my God. Real talk. <laughs> Hashtag ain't gonna lie. <laughs> Hashtag give me another drink. Hot in here. What the hell's the matter? Uh, I'm so thankful for my crew that does go outside all day, every day. Mm. Oh. And they're maintaining, like, we, I think we have an obligation to say this. They're maintaining social distancing, wearing masks, yada, yada, yada. They're doing all that. Um, oh. It's easy to be apart in the field because my plots are large, and so it's easy for them to spread out. But it's the very long road trips to mm. and from that they spend a lot of time in close contact with each other. So, yeah, we're being as careful as we can. Are so you far, bragging, having good luck. Are you bragging about your plot size? You have very large plots. Well, would, do you have like six small cages, Matt? I'm not Shut up. To Shut up. It's, more, it's 40. All right. They're 40 they're cages 40. and they're not small. Right? They take a lot of work and I'm very proud of those 40 cages. No doubt. <laughs> Plus, I, have, I, I don't know how many plots this year. If you count those small ones, it's like maybe 1,500. No look lie. You, look at you. If you count the small ones. <laughs> <laughs> the small ones that are bigger than any of your dumb cages. I'm just kidding. Okay. It's, cages. it's getting to me. It's getting to me. <laughs> It's not the heat. No, it's not getting to you. It's revealing you. I think the Someone bring me a snow cone. Brings out who we really are. I know. Yeah. My, my wife, does it. she said very clearly, just leave me alone. <laughs> Get away from me. <laughs> oh, you're an introvert. <laughs> it took 90 degrees for me to come to find that out about you. So far, we are several minutes into the Soybean Pest podcast, and we haven't talked at all about insects. <laughs> Maybe uh, we should. Maybe we should bring yeah. it on. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it's a little bit early. It's a Thursday. We usually do this on a Friday. A little recap of what we've heard from our students, our colleagues uh, in and around the state. What have you been hearing, Aaron? Yeah, to build on our last podcast, we have Japanese beetles continuing to emerge and move around and also thistle caterpillars are kind of maintaining, oh, wow. maybe even starting their second generation, which is typical. That's basically after bloom, we see a second generation. Um, soybean gall midges, they what? have started to really bloom in which uh, when the maggots get a little bit older is when you really start to see the plant decline. So, and some of our plots and in some of the commercial fields, noticing some of those symptoms of feeding, including rapid wilting, stunted, and in some cases, small plants have died. So those are at the field perimeter already. Wow, you, you've thrown a lot at us. Let's just break this down okay. a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Japanese beetles, this is a one generation that has emerged and will continue to emerge and be out about for several weeks they're the shiny metallic beetle not to be confused with the false japanese beetle that we talked about last time as part of our fit by the way i have a fit today it's not it's named for what it not is not yeah yeah today will today will also be a naming one but anyway getting back to uh all the stuff you've been hearing about and seeing 
Japanese beetles are out and um, their populations, what we'd expect them to continue to increase over the next couple of weeks. And yeah, I don't know. It's hard, it's hard for me to guesstimate how long the adult emergence is. Although I would, ex I would expect at this point we've reached the peak and there may be a few more coming out of the ground, but um, I think we've, we've reached a peak in adult activity. That's good to know. Um, Although the business end, them showing up on plants, I, I see them increasing. Uh, mm -hmm. But that might just be because I'm looking more. Um, the one thing I think we should point out is, you know, for defoliation on corn and soybeans, not a big deal. But silk clipping, that's a big deal. Right? It can be. It can interfere with pollination, certainly. And I've seen them go hard at soybean, especially at the perimeter, where plants look pretty shredded and the way that they feed, you know, they cause that skeletonization where they leave a lot of very, the veins. Very distinctive. Behind. Very distinctive. Right? Yeah. Very and few other insects do that to soybeans like the way. Yeah. Yeah. It, it really stands out. But sometimes those, those uh, affected leaflets kind of brown up and die. And so you have parts of the plant or trifoliates that are dead uh, especially in the upper canopy. And so it's very striking to see that if you're walking into a field and see that bronzy brown leaves. And mm -hmm. so some people tend to get really excited when they see a few plants that look really beat up. But usually that dissipates as you go into the field interior. So that's one uh, critter that we're seeing more of uh, this time of year. Yep. Uh, and you said caterpillars, and you're talking about the thistle caterpillar or as I think people living in urban environments would point it out as the painted lady. Well, the, the adult would be a painted lady butterfly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty, it's a pretty butterfly. They're gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. And last year, did, did a little bit of Fargo come out there? <laughs> Oofta, oh. Leave me alone already. <laughs> oh, you silly goose. You're talking about the painted lady now. Ain't she a beaut? Anyway, mm -hmm. that, uh, that was a big problem last year, contributing to defoliation caused by other critters like, Japanese beetle. Um, yeah. And this year we're seeing them, but not nearly to the extent that we did last year. Is that fair to say? It's fair. So far last year, I, I was looking back on some of my extension blogs and I literally had a couple articles like caterpillar bonanza uh, because we had not only thistle caterpillars, but we had four or five other species feeding at the same time. So if you were sweeping or walking through soybean, you would pick up multiple species and you know depending on the individuals some prefer upper canopy some prefer lower so you kind of had them spread throughout the plant so kind of death by a thousand paper cuts uh, you know eventually the bites will add up but last year just a lot of species present and so in addition to thistle caterpillars this week we had our Extension entomologist Ashley Dean tell me that she's been finding green clover worms and they oh. were actually the most numerous of all the of all the pests that they found at Sutherland this week was green cloverworm. And that's literally green, right? That's the one. It's very striking. Well, the, the caterpillar is kind of black, the, has spines on it. Yeah, um, I mean, there's a couple green caterpillars, which is the confusing part. Um, hmm. I tend to think of green cloverworm as kind of a pale green with a stripe along the side. Yeah. They have three pro legs and they thrash around if you touch them. So they get really wiggly and they don't like to be touched. Um, 
something like it's alfalfa. It's hot out there. Yeah. Of course they don't like to be touched. Nobody wants to yeah. be touched when it's 90. But there's like alfalfa caterpillar. That's kind of like, it has a, like almost like a suede like finish. It has like a velvety body. Mm. Um, it's really pretty, I think. And then there's also soybean loopers, which are green. But they would have the two the two pro legs. And so they have that inchworm movement. So um, you have you could have a couple of green caterpillars yeah. at the same Mm-hmm. And so all of those are things that we're somewhat familiar with that we see. Yeah. And, and Japanese beetles, that's just one generation. These caterpillars will form, will have multiple generations throughout the summer, right? Yep. Two to yep. three. Um, but midges, midges be crazy, right? Midges are so confusing. Um, we had the, the first generation, or I should say the overwintering generation adults come out a couple weeks ago. And while those are still emerging from, we use those Illinois style rootworm cages. So they're still coming out of the ground from those cages. We have adults, um, what we would consider the first generation coming out of the ground at the same time. And so the generations are very much overlapping, even more so than they did in 2019. So this is frustrating from a management perspective because basically you have constant adult emergence is is what we're seeing so far. How how long does it take? How long did it take to get a, another adult generation to show up? How many, how many days? Any sense? We think about three-ish weeks, three to four weeks. Okay. And so, you know, we had adults come out a few weeks ago, but we already have adults coming out right now. And so, um, you know, it's unknown if we didn't catch the very first ones, the overwintering adults, um, or if it's just – the adult emergence is so strung out, you know, based yeah, on where yeah. those eggs are put in the, or where the larvae go into the ground. So, so many, so many more questions pop up when you have this type of uh, adult captures. And the, the damage or the, the, the plant damage that you're seeing, that's at the, is that also like Japanese beetles where you're seeing it at a field edge or is it something that um, you're seeing throughout a field? Yeah, uh, typically the pattern is we see edges infested first and it'll be like a blob or a circle or like along an edge. And then as those plants are being consumed by the larvae and the next generation starts, it would move into the field interior. And so depending on how severe the infestation can be, sometimes it's the entire length of the field edge could be damaged. And then you have basically those, those blobs starting to join each other and it just looks like the entire edge is gone, and then it moves inside with the first and second generation. So that's something to keep an eye out for, and if you see it, what can you do? Is there anything? Yeah, we have a reporting network online called soybeanmidge.org, and that has not only Iowa, but Nebraska, South Dakota, and Minnesota. So we have, or we put in our adult captures there, and then as we see other symptoms occur within the field, we're putting some photos and videos and sort of just contact information. You know, what counties are infested, we're, we're looking to document the spread, okay. uh, particularly in Iowa. I would expect the spread to go east and hit central Iowa maybe this summer. So I want to keep track of all that at soybeanmidge.org. All right. We'll put that down in the text box and yeah. have people follow up. Anything else? Any other insects? Any insects other than those that attack soybeans? Um, yeah, actually, I should say that's soybeangallmidge.org, not soybeanmidge, soybeangallmidge.org. So um, if we think about the other crop that's grown in Iowa, 
Uh, There's another crop? What? No, and it's kind of a couple million acres. Um, you remember that old saying that it used to be like knee high by the 4th of July? Uh, with those warm temps that we've had the last 7 to 10 days, corn is growing exponentially. And I've seen some fields that are taller than me. So it's they're at least 6 feet tall. And it's wow. you know not even wow, the 4th of July. So crazy yeah. tall corn right now. It's growing really fast. Hopefully not too fast, but uh, one thing that I wanted to mention that's something brand new this year is Ashley and I started a corn rootworm trapping network. So in addition to the moth trapping network that we've had, it's a very long-standing program here at Iowa State. Uh, I wanted to to give an opportunity to farmers or crop consultants to start to monitor for rootworm adults in their field. So. It was a volunteer network, but anybody that signed up, we sent them traps and sort of a, and a protocol for putting out and checking the traps. So that's going to start uh, next week. Oh, very good. Oh, that's yeah. exciting. Yeah. So um, will you have numbers uh, to report or are you going to wait till the end of the season to? Yeah, I think we'll, we'll be able to report at least at a crop reporting district level, maybe even at a county level. We'll see how how fine the data gets. And, and some people of course want a bit of privacy when it comes to sure. rootworms, but um, we will definitely talk about it uh, and share some updates in our ICM blog. All right. Anything else? Oh man, that's probably oh. the highlights. All right. Well, uh, you want to get fit? Mm-hmm. All right. Let's have I some, really do. Uh, let's have some fun. Insect Fun trivia. Insect trivia. Let's do it. All right. So you know how this game is played. Uh, try yeah, to remind our listener. I'm going to read out a series of clues that go from really obscure to more specific. And Erin's going to play along in the chat box and type out her answers. And I'll let her know if she gets it. But I won't say what her answer is until we get to the end. So you have a chance to hear all the clues. And uh, I don't know. Send us an email if you are if you get to the answer faster than Aaron. Mm, well, right. I, don't, I don't know. This one, I, I'm, I'm rooting for you. I think you got, you got a good chance uh, okay. to get this one early on. Um, but I will admit that the first clue is fairly obscure. Um, and this is because the pandemic is limiting our options for live entertainment, right? So sports are kind of on, on hold. A lot of music, theater, stuff that would be going on live is um, it's not available to us anymore. So I've been going back to YouTube and watching just anything, anything oh, that's no. interesting. Um, oh, no. And I often look for things that have an insect-related theme or if there's something insect-related, it captures my attention. Oh, so uh, this is from uh, a clip in 2019 of uh, Kate McKenna. She's a actress, comedian, talking about how she was attacked by members of this type of insect when visiting the island of Tyree off the coast of Scotland, which happens to be her ancestral home. All right, that's your first clue. What's the, what's the name to describe these insects? Oh, Erin, right out the... Nice. She, Aaron nailed it. All right, so I'll keep going through these clues. Uh, these insects often form large swarms. Uh, the term to describe these insects is not a category with the Linnaean classification system. 
right? So what I mean by that is that there are nine families that are considered to contain species with, of members of this category. And the following adjectives are attached to members of this category. Aaron, just for fun, do you think you can name the nine categories? Uh, I, don't, I guess I don't know kind of what you mean. All right, so there's biting, and if there's biting, then there's non-biting. All right, yeah, you got those two. Phantom, mountain, meniscus, dung, solitary, net-winged, and your favorite, gall. And then the last clue, and this one should nail it for any of our entomologist friends out there. These are small flies that include several species of non-mosquito nematocerin diptera. Mm. And Aaron, early on, first clue, guessed it right. We're talking about talking about midges, yo. There's midges. so many midges in the world. Yeah. So I wasn't I would I wasn't aware when I was looking up this stuff that midges are not confined to a single family. Right. And that uh, is it. This wasn't clear to me, but are are members of the families to which midges belong? Are those are they all considered midges? Or do you have to be? No. Have, is there some like midge card that you have to be given in order to get the title? I don't know. It's a good question. Don't know. Yeah. We need to ask Greg or friendly neighborhood taxonomist. Yeah. 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 It was interesting. Like the, the different categories of midges fall mm -hmm. within different families um, gall midges are, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Cecidomyids? Yeah. Is that the, uh, the family to which the soybean gall midge belongs? Yep. Okay. And sunflower midge. Some, yeah, yeah. So My first love. Oh, really? Yeah. That was oh. my master's, was a midge. I didn't know that. I mean, oh, so this is like coming full circle. Yeah. Look at you. Mm-hmm. Oh man! Except I, with 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 sunflower midge, you know the they laid the females laid eggs in the developing sunflower heads, and because of the feeding, the sunflower heads wouldn't open up properly, or they'd be really malformed. And so I don't know if you've been in a commercial sunflower field, but you know the heads are kind of like right here, so they're right at your face. Yeah. And so um, as you'd be walking through, you'd just get like popped in the head with a sunflower head full of maggots. Oh. They would just like <laughs> slam you in the face. Or the sunflower heads would have like white mold. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. And getting like slapped in the head with like a five pound ball of white mold. Yeah. If you can survive that like gauntlet, it That's was literally a gauntlet. You you could do anything. So I was like, soybean? What? It's only three feet tall? Yes. Sign me up. <laughs> All right. Well, this was a fun episode. We, yeah, oh, I forgot to mention, um, Brent Prignance has been uh, giving me some advice on some technology, including microphones, uh -huh. uh, what, what we're using today. And we've been using since the beginning, the Yetis, and some other things for making videos and just sounding a bit better. And anyway, he checked in on us, and he said that we sound great. And oh. he was surprised that we were using Zoom to do this, because he uh -huh. said um, the the sound quality was was very good so props so to us 
Yeah. So Yeti and Zoom, you can make those checks out to entomology <laughs> at Iowa State University. You think they would sponsor our podcast? <laughs> Maybe they could just sponsor one. I don't know. Would it be that yeah. hard? Um, but no, we are free and will always be that way going forward. And um, yeah, this was a fun episode. And thanks yeah. to Brent to uh, listening. I think that brings our listener count up to two. Gosh, pretty soon we're going to be in double digits, like yeah. as far as like hams. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think like we'll ever digits. get so many listeners we won't be able to count them with our fingers? Mm. Mm. We can dream. All maybe right. In the, maybe in the next decade. Yeah. Yeah, we did. We've done a decade. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, I think um, we're getting close to 150 episodes, so I should I should do what? Some math. Oh my gosh, we should do like yeah. a celebratory 175th episode <laughs> special. Yeah. All right, well okay. I'm going to wrap this one up, Aaron, because okay. I I, I want to end while we're on top. I don't want to provide any subpar, suboptimal content. No. Okay. Good one. Let's uh, just remind everybody where to find us. You can reach out to Aaron at ewh at iastate.edu. She loves getting emails from people. Uh, you can reach out to me, O-N-E-A-L, at iastate.edu. You can find our podcast on our website, Soybean Research Lab, or at any of the many, uh, what do you call them, aggregators? Yeah. That uh, include Stitcher, um, iTunes, the Apple Store. What's, um, are we on Gawker, Tinder, any of those? No, uh, those aren't really podcasts. Yeah. That's something else. All yeah, right. but I will say, like, if you come directly to the website is where you'll find some of the additional links um, that Matt puts in, which is great. So if you want a little bit more information, or in this case, he might show, like, a video link. Mm, um, mm-hmm. So you, I don't know if you'd be able to see that That's if you go to those podcatchers. So come to our website if you want some of that extra info. Oh, yeah, get some extra, a little extra. Page views. Hmm. Okay, and uh, that's all for this week. Thanks, Aaron. Talk to you later. Bye.